Hey, Derek. Uh, do you like apples? Uh, yes. Well, I watched the greatest movie of all time. How do you like them apples? Today on the show, Good Will Hunting. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me Welcome, everybody, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the genius Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the Goodwill Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing phantasmo. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great because we're watching Goodwill Hunting, and we get to talk about it. Uh, starting our Robin Williams double feature. Can't wait to dive into this one. So, of course, today we are hopping on the tee. We're heading out to our janitor job that we got through our probation officer at MIT with Goodwill Hunting, of course. But let's take care of some business first. Last week, we had our episode on Django Unchained. We are, our, our non-Civil War finished a Civil War month. And it was a great episode, as always. Check that one out or any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are still barely on Spotify. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use. Subscribe, review if you can. It is extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed it or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time on Facebook. Excuse me, the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. You'd think I would know that by now at great movie cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And of course, as our old friend who would take a fucking bat to your head for us, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. So let's go start shit with those piece of shit Harvard kids. It's Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is a 1997 drama directed by Gus Van Zandt. It stars Matt Damon as the titular Will Hunting, Robin Williams as Dr. Sean McGuire, Ben Affleck as Chucky Sullivan, Minnie Driver as Skyler, and Stellan Skarsgård as Professor Gerald Lambeau. It made $225.9 million on a $10 million budget. It is an 8.3 on the Internet Movie Database a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 70 on Metacritic. So a wide array of ratings here. Uh, Ebert, he says uh, 3.5 out of 4. The outcome of the movie is fairly predictable. So is the whole story, really. But it's the individual moments, not the payoff, that make it so effective. Jason Bailey from Vice says, it's a movie that captures, in a way that perhaps an older screener could not convey, the limitless possibilities of youth a movie in which character can tell another without cynicism, you could do anything you want. You're bound by nothing. For a negative one, Christopher Knoll from filmcritic.com. I had to dig for this one. All told, the film has plenty of enjoyable moments, but it's just not the deep experience the filmmakers want you to believe it is. Really? You, you had to dig deep for that one? On 
um, yeah, on on Rotten Tomatoes, there's a fucking ninety eight percent positive rating. Wow, I, I'm I'm surprised. I thought there'd be a lot more negativity towards this movie, but I guess we'll. Uh... So most of the most of the reviews are like there's a there's a lot of reviews in the range of like three three and a half out of four, you know, four out of five ish. It's good. There's nothing bad we have to say about it, but it just doesn't reach incredible heights. And that mm-hmm. that they count those as as like uh, positive reviews, right? Okay. So that's that's primarily what the criticism is. It's just like this is really not as good as you think it might be. But you know what? Let's let's go through it. What we thought of it. When uh, when did you first see this uh, movie? I don't remember when I first saw it. I remember it was always around, and I remember. The name of the movie is very odd, and I still don't like the name of the movie because it's just it's just not a good name for a movie. Um, it's just sort of random, and I, I thought it was like about something else. Like I thought Will was like the will to do something, and hunting was about going hunting. Um, good Will having good will, and then hunting. I, I it just I, I didn't know Will you know, hunting like, was his a, name. It's a double meaning. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I, I didn't. So I never like I kind of stayed away from it, not because I didn't want to see it, just because it just never resonated with me. But as I've gotten older you know, probably like my early twenties or whatever. I was like, Robin Williams, I love him. So I'm going to watch this movie. And so I probably seen this maybe like three or four times. So this was, this was like my fourth watch through maybe. Yeah. I've seen this a lot. I think I first saw it like freshman year of high school in school. Like it's not something I would have, uh, you know, been seeking out as like a young teenager, but I, I saw it in school and was like, it's good. And then I've kind of liked it more almost with each subsequent rewatch. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just really connected with me, especially, you know, when, when you get to be, you know, in your twenties and you're, you're watching a movie about like, what do you want to do with your life? Who are you as a person? Like, how do we figure this out? You know, what, what if shit goes wrong? Right. And, and, you know, asking those types of questions and, you know, it being set in fucking Boston does not hurt it because at the time now there's every fucking movie set in Boston, but at the time, not really. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Boston. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about what actually happens in the movie. Uh, Derek, do you have a song picked out? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, might as well go with Elliot Smith, right? Um, let me see. Let's see what we got. I'm gonna go with uh, go with Angelus by uh, Elliot Smith. Here we go. Right, Three. It. Two, one, go. Will Hunting is a 20-year-old math genius from Celtic who solves a nearly unsolvable problem posted by Professor Lambeau while working in a janitor as a janitor at MIT. Turns out he's in legal trouble. Lambeau cuts a deal for him so he gets therapy and essentially a work release. Will meets with therapist Sean McGuire, a widower and fellow Celtic resident. Sean helped Will come to terms with his friends, girlfriend, uh, Harvard and soon to be Stanford graduate and student Skylar, and past abuse experience as a foster child. Understanding through Sean that one must be brought in his horizons for love, Will drives west to California to be with Skylar. 30 seconds owns a doubt. Beautiful. All right. So that's what happens in the movie, basically. Uh, let's talk about our favorite scenes, our three favorite scenes as we do each week. Derek, what is your number three favorite scene? I would say my number three is the scene where Will um, basically tells Skylar that he doesn't love her. And it's kind of a gut-wrenching scene considering yeah. how emotional and, and she is. And 
he just doesn't want to take the leap. And it's just, uh, it just, I don't know. At, at this point in the movie, for me, I feel like Will is a very unlikable character. Um, I think he's just does things just to do them. And it, it, there's no real reason behind them. But then later on, you kind of feel like, okay, he's doing things because he doesn't want to get hurt. He's been hurt his whole life. And what's the point of anything? And, um, but it really is sad when she's like they're face to face and she's like holding him. And she's like, if you, if you just tell me you don't love me, like whatever. And he's just like, I don't love you and walks out. And it's like, ah, man, you're a dick for, for, yeah. for, 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 for doing that. And you could have handled it a lot better. And this is a girl who's putting herself out on the line for you. And you're not really giving much back to her. Um, and uh, he seems like a very irrational person, especially when she's like, come move out with me instead of being like, Oh, let's chat with this. He's like, I'm angry and I'm from Boston. Uh, so, you know, but, but good scene, gut wrenching. Yeah, no, I, I love that scene because it's like, I, I feel like in the, in the earlier scenes with the two of them and you have Will like crafting this fake life, you're kind of expecting to go the other way where like she figures out he's lying to her and that's not what happens here. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, let's do this. He's like, fuck you. I've been lying to you the whole time. Get the fuck out of my face. Right. Uh, like with your, with your love and genuineness, uh, because obviously Will can't accept it. Uh, so my number three scene is uh, the scene where Chucky as played by Ben Affleck uh, explains to Will why he's an idiot and like needs to like do something with his life. Um, because I'm a sucker for scenes where the otherwise like comic relief character has a serious scene because Affleck, you know, it's funny, you know, we'll talk about Affleck and Damon and the perception of them. Mm -hmm. I think the characters that they played for a long time in this movie where like, this is their, like, this is who they are as people. Oh yeah. B- ben Affleck's the idiot who didn't even probably write it. And Matt Damon's yeah. a smart one. And it's not fair, but that's just the way it, you know, yeah. And meanwhile, works. Affleck goes on to like direct, like Oscar winning fucking movies, like and write Oscar. Have you seen the, family, the, the old family guy bit about yeah. that? Oh, it ages so poorly. <laughs> just, 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 just pitch me a line. Pitch me a line. He just farts. He's like, is there any more weed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love this scene because, you know, I feel like I've known a bunch of Chuckies in my life. And the fact that it's like one of the like this this version of this character is like, you know, the only way I can tell you that, like, I love you, Will, is to, like, get you out of my life because, like, I can't drag you down. And I think it, this scene does kind of launch Affleck to like leading man stuff because this really is only like you know he'd been in some stuff before but this is like first big dramatic scene in a huge movie um but i just honestly the all the best scenes in this movie are just two people talking yeah and it's great and it's one of the reasons i really love this movie um but yeah I, i i just i really like where it's just like Chucky just being like, if you're if you're not gonna like, you know, Will's just ready to roll his eyes and be like, don't give me this shit. And Chucky's like, no, no, no. Like if I had this, I, if I had what you had, I'd be fucking running the world. Fuck you. Like do like do something. Don't embarrass me. Right. Uh, you know, 
it, it's I, I think it's just a great, very effective scene. So what is your number two scene? My number two is it's not your fault. Um, I think it's almost it almost becomes a, a mantra. You know, it's like uh, yeah. just repeating something over and over again. It just it breaks you down or builds you up but either way. Um, and it, it's it's interesting to see Will's reaction. You know that I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. And then you keep saying it, and then it, it breaks you down. And and to know that, like, does anybody really believe it's their fault? Like in that situation, I'd want to know because I didn't have that upbringing, so I don't know what it's like. But at the same time, I don't know how much I would feel like it was because of me or if just because of the stupid circumstances I was dealt. But he seems to really believe that maybe it was his fault that everything is is. You know, you know, things that have happened to him is directly because of his decisions. But I think um, I think Robin Williams is, is Sean. He's 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 so comforting. You know, I think we've talked about right. this in the past that Robin Williams feels like a long lost uncle or something. And when he passed away, I felt like a piece of me died because he just was like my childhood all the way growing up. Yeah. And just he's he's basically Robin Williams as a like comfort food in movies. Yeah, um, I, I, I remember hearing and we'll i mean we're talking about the next couple of weeks but like i remember being you know he, when i first heard that robin williams died uh i was at my mother's house and it came across the tv like breaking news actor robin williams died and i just remember an involuntary like oh yeah like it was just a, because yeah exactly what you said it's just like this is a guy who's been in my life for my whole life as like the guy who would make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember I gave the news to Gia and I, I, I don't, I remember I had to stop and be like, I, I don't know if I should say this right now. Cause I know how, what an effect it's going to be on the both of us, but saying it out loud to her, me and her like broke down a little bit and we were just yeah. like, this is, this is the worst non-family death I think I've ever experienced. Right. Um. So it was pretty rough, but, but that scene in general, it just like, you know, Will just shoving his head on Sean's shoulder and just bawling his eyes out. is just like a powerful moment that you just, we were waiting for it. The moment where Will is finally like, thank you. Right. You know, for, for this, I needed someone to break through to me. Somebody who's not going to just like, you know, pick apart me because I'm a smart person, but looking for what's in, in here in my chest. And it's a great scene. Yeah. And that's, that's the same for me. Uh, my number two. And it's, it's something that has kind of become a bit of a joke and it's not your fault, you know, um, because I think people see the scene and, you know, this movie has been on cable and maybe people see it out of context and don't realize how much it's earned with every scene between these two characters leading up to it. Yep. And eventually it's like, they're kind of coming to the end of their professional relationship and it's, I think, kind of a last gasp effort for, for Sean to, like, listen, like, enough of the bullshit. Like, we know who each other, we, like, we know each other now. I don't have to say this, but it's not your fault. Right. And I think Will, throughout the movie, as we see, like, self-sabotages, we see the scene with Skylar where, he, like, he can't accept the love that you know, he deserves as a human and, you know, he, there's no reason like they, they jump the, the kid or the, the guy at the beginning of the movie. It's like, cause he was a dick to me in kindergarten and he's Italian. <laughs> and it's like, 
all right, like that's, I guess, a good reason to like jump somebody for like, yeah. And it, he, I think that is showing, you know, that it is his fault. And like in this scene, early in the scene, yeah, Will knows it. And he's like, you know, what is, what's in there? It's like, you know, so, so, and so just like such and such, you know, attachment disorder. And he's like, yeah, you can read it if you want. But like the, the fact that it's like two people connecting is, uh, I think it's a beautiful scene. But right. uh, what is your number one scene? Uh, it has to be the scene in the bench. Yeah. Between uh, Sean and Will. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of those funny things where I think you can be, you know, you can be a smart person when you're young. But just because you're book smart doesn't mean you know what's what. And I think that's why, like, the line respecting your elders and things like that is actually kind of an important thing because um, just just not just because you're young and they're old, but because they've been through things that you've never experienced. And you should listen yeah. to them because you might get some good advice. And I've gotten a lot of good advice in my life uh, from, you know, my parents and, and, and older people who were like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember going through this. I remember feeling like that. And don't worry, you know, most things that you worry about will just pass and it won't come to fruition. But the way, you know, it's a long monologue and every bit of it is just it's just really, really great to see. And Robin Williams is he deserves everything he gets from this movie. Yeah. And uh you know, what, what am I talking about here? I stayed up all night thinking about what you said about the painting and well, you're just a kid. Like, what do you know about anything? You read some books. Good for you. Like, you don't know what it's like to and, and just everything he says, it just really resonates. And it's like just putting myself in his shoes of, you know, I'm a married man and thinking about, like, what if my wife got really, really sick and I had to sit bedside? Like, it would deteriorate. I would, I would deteriorate, you know, and yeah. I, I think that when you get through something like that and you come out on the other side, it's like he kept going in a way. Like sometimes I think like, I don't even know if I could deal with something like that, you know, but just watching his face and, and knowing that he's been through that, it makes his character so much more dimensional than any other character in the movie. Like he's been through some shit and he's there trying to help somebody else. And uh, I like the fact that Will also doesn't interrupt him. Will sits there yeah. and listens to the whole thing. Cause if he had interrupted him and like, it would have just been a messy thing. Cause that's how real dialogue is. Real dialogue would be the whole, oh, hold off a second. Ah. But he doesn't, he just sits back and he listens and it's a great monologue and it's a, yeah. just a fantastic scene. I, I actually had some tears in my eyes when I watched it the other night, I was just like, wow, like, wow, what a powerful scene. Yeah. And, and I mean this, yeah, this is my number one scene as well. And it's like, it's the first scene where Will just shuts the fuck up. Yeah. Like for two minutes, like just letting lets the man talk. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, the dialogue's so incredible. And, you know, this is why, you know, this movie launched Damon and Affleck to, to superstardom. And it, it rightfully, the scene, you know, was probably a big part in why Robin Williams won best supporting actor this year, as we'll get to. But uh, one thing that I, I really, I watched it. And of course, like the dialogue is, you're putting yourself in Robin Williams shoes and, and Sean's shoes. I, I, one thing I love is just the camera work in this scene. And I tried to, re, you know, watch it as a scene and, and sort of break it down instead of getting caught up in the dialogue as I normally do. And it's slow. The camera like slowly moves and it's like perfect to like, you see the pain in one man's eyes. And then when he tries to connect to Will, that's when Will comes to the frame. Yep. And it's such a beautiful shot. And, 
you know, we've, you know, I, I love, you know, it's, 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 it's big cities as well, but like these parks in these cities on these like beautiful fall days or whatever it is, it's the perfect environment and it looks beautiful and the dialogue's on point and it's just, it's a wonderful scene. It's, it's yeah. Number one. Yeah. So let's go to our least favorite part of the movie. Um, do what do you, what do you have for your least favorite part? All right. So I might get a lot of people disagreeing with me here and that's fine because I had a conversation with past guest on here, my friend, Steve, as you all know, Constantino, and I, he's a big fan of this film and we talked about it and I told him what my least favorite part of, part of the movie was and he disagreed and we had a discussion about it. And my least part was the authenticity of Boston. And when I see a Boston movie, I can't help but see everybody talks like that. You know, everyone's got that. Yeah, fuck it, pizza. Fuck it. Not everybody talks like that. And sure. movies like The Town, The Departed, they're very much like, oh, you got to go to my car. And like, it's, it's, it's almost like a funny thing now where like, okay, okay, the Boston accent. I don't have the Boston accent all the time. I, maybe when I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, I might sound like a, an Italian goomba from Boston. But I, that... That alone bothers me a little bit. That everything always ha- everybody always has to have like this is this thick, thick Boston accent. And other from Southie, I get it. But then like the boys jumping out of the car and beating somebody up just was like, does this? How often does this stuff really happen? And Steve was like, I disagree with you completely because he says back in the day you grew up in Southie, you got guys that he's like. I think the point of the scene was that you you have friends that have your back no matter what. Like it's that kind of group right. of friends. And I'm like, no, I get it, I get it. But I'm like. It just bothers me that he's like this kid from kindergarten used to make fun of me. Let's all jump him. And it yeah. was just like, I don't think that's meant to be like everyone from Southie is like, no, no, no. I know like, that. I, yeah. but just for, for me, I was like, could there have been a different thing that shows that he's a prick? But this was like really out of, out of whack. Like they're just driving. Let's go beat up this guy who didn't do shit to me. Like he was like, the kid was five when he made fun of him. For God's sake. So, like, I don't know. It just bothered me a little bit that, like, that's how things are depicted a little bit of, of Boston and how, like, life is and stuff. And, um, again, not, like, a really big, big negative in the movie. But um, I think the whole Boston thing gets to me sometimes. As somebody who's grown up right outside of Boston, I feel like that's not really how it is. Like, it's like, uh, you know, a movie taking place in uh, Minnesota. Is everyone going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, give you my smokes? Not everybody sounds like that. So, like... But I guess I guess if it was the opposite, I guess if there was filmed in Boston and there wasn't the Boston accents, maybe people would have been like, "What happened? Where's Boston?" Right. So I get it, I get either side of it, but I guess it just bothered me a little while watching it. Yeah, I, I I get it, but I mean, I've while not everyone in Boston is like that, certainly, and they don't sound like that. I've definitely met people that sound like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and this you're gonna know, say this is again, it's in Southie, twenty plus years ago, so. Yep. You know, it, it, accents are going to evolve over time, and especially recently, kind of, you know, very specific accents are kind of fizzling out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, there's, I feel like all Boston movies are like, there's a crime in them. Like, there's, you know, it's yeah, either like, that like, or it's like, it's either like the criminals or there's talking about the fucking socks all fucking day. Like that's a Boston movie. Yeah, well, it's even like, I think, I think honestly, it's a surprisingly, like I love Robin Williams in this movie, but I think it was almost his, the times when he would do a Boston thing. And I'm like, eh, yeah, you didn't, didn't have, you don't, you don't have to do it. You don't his need character it. character absolutely did not need it. Did not need it whatsoever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so my least favorite part, 
and this is just going to be every time this fucking name comes across the stream that I see the Weinstein's fucking oh, okay. like, but like every time I see their name, I'm going to shout out that they're fucking terrible people. Right. But, and like, yeah, that's, that's it. Fuck you, Bob Harvey. Fuck yourself. Right. There is, there is another credit that we'll get to later in miscellaneous <laughs> that I always brings a smile to my face, but the other one seems fuck you. There, uh, there's one other thing I want to mention. And again, it's yep. uh, it's one of those things where I'm sorry if people get offended by me mentioning Louis C.K., but he's still a really funny comedian to me. Um, he has a brand new special and you can only get it through his website because nobody will take him anymore. But yep. he actually randomly, funny enough, does a whole thing on Goodwill Hunting. And I did, yep. it is a six minute trailer and he's talking about the whole Apple scene and how like. If that guy responded, no, 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 I, I, look, he's like, of course he's gonna. He's if he didn't respond with yes, he's like, Matt Damon's fucked. He's fucked. He's got nothing. <laughs> and just the whole bit was really, really funny. And he's like, Matt Damon, he wrote himself to be this awesome guy. So of course the guy's gonna answer yes when he says ask him about his apples. And he's like, I forget the the thing. It was like if he had said no, what is he gonna do? Like you know, like oh, do you like bananas? Because this whole thing that we're going through was just banana. I forget how he wears it, but it was a really funny bit, and it's on YouTube. It's like a six-minute little like trailer for his new special. So check it out if if people are still on the Louis C.K. Uh, fan wagon. All right, uh, let's go to medals. Uh, who do you have for bronze? My bronze goes to Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon. Uh, mostly, I'm giving him this award because of the incredible way he can remember lines and make them believable he goes on spiels and he just goes through all this dialogue and there's not one second of it that i believe oh he may have forgotten the thing that he's just he's flawless he knows how to, to handle a script he knows how to handle dialogue he's done it so many times but here he's he's playing a very complex character who's very intelligent so you have to kind of know your shit and you have to believe it too i can't you can't just spew out words you don't know i believe that he knows this stuff like he he does his homework here and he also cole writes this this really really great script and um lucky for him somebody picked it up and i don't know if you know this story rick but um him and ben affleck i guess wrote a bit in the middle of the script where they have sex. Matt Damon's <laughs> character and Ben Affleck have sex. It's just a random scene that they threw in there just to see if anybody will actually read the script. Yeah. And unfortunately, the person who read it was Harvey Weinstein. Uh. And Harvey Weinstein <laughs> called him and he's like, script is great, but why the hell are two straight characters <laughs> having sex in the middle of this? You can take that out and we have a script. You know what I mean? And I was like, of course, it had to be him to mention the sex scene. Um, but regardless... I- yeah. I wonder if that was something like, yeah, speaking of uh, Matt Damon, uh, like in uh, Team America World Police, where they're like, let's put in something like sometimes in scripts, they'll be like, let's put in something so fucking ridiculous that like they'll just want to cut that. And they'll like we're afraid they might try to cut something else. So right. like the yeah, Team America World Police, you know, famously has like an extended sex scene between puppets, which gets mm-hmm. like into like weird fetish stuff. Right. And they were like, yeah, they just cut like they cut that little bit. But then it was like they just kept everything else that they were afraid they would be cut. So I wonder if that was something like that. Like right. the Trojan horse. To get right. Right. But uh, yeah, he gets my bronze. Yep. So I went uh, for my bronze. I went Ben Affleck. I think uh, Chucky's a hilarious character. And, uh, you know, it's a great form. Like, like I said a bit earlier, I think he gets, you know, leading man juice off of this, as does Matt Damon. Uh but I just, I just love the scenes. We didn't shout it out because it's a, you know, it's kind of a light comedy scene in 
uh, you know, in the middle of a very dramatic movie, but the scene where he does the job interview for Will, he's like, let me tell you something, you suspect. Yeah, and you know, I don't think uh, Ben Affleck didn't make my top three, but I, I do think that like he's dealt a bad hand just because of like you know this role does paint him as that like. Yeah. whatever and, 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 and it obviously yeah. doesn't help that he's in Daisy confused a couple years before this and he also plays the prick yeah the, the asshole guy so like this well, is also a- like mall rats where he again plays the asshole yeah so. it's, it's like can it, can this guy play like an intelligent intelligent character you know what i mean i would go on record in the past i think maybe even to you but i used to be like ben affleck's terrible you think you could actually put him in a scene with anthony hopkins and, and have a good scene with him and like i think as years progress i think ben affleck's b- better than i thought he was he's proven that he's better than i thought he was but i still think of him as this 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 role and i think it hurts him a little so unfortunately yeah Yeah, i think he's i mean affleck i mean the guys get i mean he's dealing with like a lot of issues um but he like every it's funny because like every time he like builds up this goodwill as like an actor or director or something hunting he's in yeah, you know, he gets into something that just like fucking like destroys his career for like a couple of years. Right, right. And he like goes through this huge like depression, you know, and then he I mean, like comes he out of he, it and he like builds himself up again. Has Matt Damon made anything as bad as Geely? <laughs> uh I mean, I think Matt Damon was in was that like movie thir- movie 43. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I see it, but he's I heard, in there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that, that one's his fault, but yeah. I, I think yeah, it, again, like Geely is one of those things. So he's like Affleck. He's like, I'm going to get, you know, he builds up. He's like in this, he's in, you know, different stuff. You know, he starts going like down the romantic comedy. Then he's like in Geely and like Daredevil. And it's like, well, I guess he sucks now. Like, right, right. Yeah. And then he like breaks up with Jennifer Lopez and he's like, he's in movies. And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to start writing and directing again. Right. And he like builds himself up. Like he gets all these like big dramatic roles. And then he's like, I'm going to be fucking Batman now. Fuck yes. Right. And then it's like, oh, actually, those movies are terrible. And he's just like, <sighs> so now he's just kind of in that like, and like, it, it, you know, I think those movies are bad, but he's not bad in them. I've never yeah. seen them personally, but I yeah, don't, don't I, waste your time. <laughs> I started to like, like Ben Affleck again. And then I saw the town and I liked the movie, but I just thought his character, his portrayal was just completely stone faced, boring. And I just, I thought that Jeremy Renner stole the movie and um, I don't know. I was hope. I mean, Ben Affleck also, I believe wrote the town. Yeah. So I give him credit where credit is due, but the acting performance, I was like, hey, he's still kind of like not colorful, but that's just maybe the way he wrote the character. So who knows? Sure. Um, so who do you have for silver? Here's a twist. My silver goes to um Elliot Smith. Oh, okay. Uh I yeah, th- the music in this is like incredible. Elliot Smith is a very interesting musician because a lot of people don't know who he is, but if you do know who he is, you tend to either love him or hate him um based on your musical tastes. But he's um he's one of those artists that if you listen to him a lot, you're usually, you're probably somebody who's depressed um, because his music can make you feel very low and depressed. And he has this way about the way he sings. It's like angelic and it's very sad. And it's a kind of like, it's like the melodic Nirvana. Like Nirvana is not really melodic, but Elliot right. Smith like brings you down just as much, but it's very pretty. Um, but the, I did, I didn't realize how many songs of his were in this movie. When I watched it again, I was like, I remember there was a couple, but there was like at least five. 
or something. And I was like, wow, it really brings you to that place. He has a, a way about it that like makes you feel like, okay, what these characters are going through and like, um, and, and then of course, knowing that Elliot Smith allegedly killed himself, which that's up for debate and we can get to talk about that another time. But I just thought that his music brought a whole nother element to this movie that it needed. Um, I think any other artist may not have filled in the gaps as well as this. So he gets my silver. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a movie where I can just, once the, the end credits begin, I just kind of sit and watch it and just like, it kind of like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but just kind of like it lands the movie for me. Yeah. Like a, like a plane. It's just like, okay, like I'm done with the movie. Let me like disassociate from it. And that's the same thing that happens to me with American beauty. Cause that ends with him doing a cover of because by the Beatles. And you're right. just like, <laughs> his voice is like, you get to sit there and just kind of wander off. But um, yeah. Yeah. So my silver goes to Matt Damon. And that is, I mean, it's kind of obvious. He gives like, you know, his, his first leading man performance, um, you know, really. And yeah, he does such a great job in that, you know, you said it before, like Will is supposed to be unlikable for a lot of this movie, but he kind of brings it around, you know, and, and it's, I think it's, I think he's not likable, but it's not like you, you do get the point where it's like this kid needs to be like pitied in a way. Mm. Like he's, he's brilliant, but like, he's just so emotionally dumb. Right. And yeah, that's, that's a tough balancing act to do. Um, I, I think he has such, you know, great moments. Like, you know, the, the scene you mentioned where he, he flips out on Skylar, um, you know, and I, like he's, he plays in a lot of ways where he's like, you know, a scene we haven't mentioned is the scene where they, he and Skylar first meet and he, or, you know, right before the, how do you like them apple scene um, where he just comes up and he's just like spouting off this, like, Oh, you know, I, I would describe, you know, fucking agrarian bullshit. It's like, fuck you. You're spouting off. Like you just quote in, like it's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny performance, dramatic performance. And he fucking wrote the movie and got nominated for uh, uh best screenplay. So. And, and argue with that. Yeah, you brought up something just now that made me realize that like when 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 Will is talking to that Harvard kid and he's putting him down for just reciting books, Will does that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's I just I just realized what, that. That's kind yeah. of what Sean says to him. It's just yeah. like, yeah, like you're gonna, you know, you need to experience shit. Right. And you know, he puts on Will puts on such like a brave like face, or you know, he he talks a good game, however you want to put it, but he's he is just kind of like a smarter version of that guy. Right. You know, just not as pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, in some ways, but like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, I, I think, I think he's, that's definitely, he, he's complex. Purpose, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a complex character. Yeah. Uh, so gold medal, uh, you know, I think we probably have the same person. And that is naturally the guy who plays uh, Dr. Lambeau's assistant, who's clearly in love with him. <laughs> yep, exactly. Glad you. That guy. <laughs> glad, glad you and me had the same thing. Yes. Um, I mean, is, is this one of Robin Williams' best performances of all time? Um, there's so many. There's so many. And, and you can, he, heck, Robin Williams can go from this to Rainbow Randolph to Peter Pan to uh, the genie. It's like, yeah, he's. It's tough. It's tough to say no to the genie. Is his best performance? That's right, like, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Honestly, like that's so great. There's like, I suppose, like twenty hours of material that he's done, like that hasn't been released. 
like yeah. release it um <laughs> just to hear him ad lib would be a lot of fun but he's um you know i think it took him a lot sooner to become a serious actor as well unlike somebody like jim carrey who like it took him a while to become like yeah i want i want to do this too but Robin Williams, even back in like Awakenings, back in the '80s, he was a very yeah. he did a very good job being a serious actor, and then working alongside Robert De Niro and that dynamic. But he's um he's so believable, he's so believable, and I hang on every sentence he he says and stuff. And I love the fact that like he gets pissed off. He's not just like he's not pretentious like Will is, where he's gonna come off and some give it give some great sentence where like you know, shake him off. He's like, no, I, he's a red blooded human being who like fucking strangles him when he makes fun, makes fun of his wife, yeah. basically. And, and he's a real person sitting at home. I do the same thing. Like, that's why I could relate is when somebody says something to me, that's kind of negative. I sit on it for days and I just wrap my mind around it. Like, why did they say this? Is this true? Is it not true? Am I just overthinking this? Like, this is a regular human things. And Robin Williams just knocks it out of the park. Yeah, that, I agree. And it, it's a guy who, you know, it is, it feels realistic that this guy exists, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a character where it's like, oh yeah, he's a brilliant psychologist. And it's like, he slums it at Bunker Hill Community College. And it's like, yeah, it's such a movie setup, but you know, I, I think it's a guy who you definitely like, you said it perfect. Like he's an uncle that you would like, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to the, uh, I'm going to the Red Sox game with uncle Sean, you know? Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd fucking love it. And I mean, the scene, again, another great scene. Like, how many great scenes are... I understand, like, the connective tissue may not... is not Maybe not always there, but there's so many great scenes. And, like, one of them talked about is the one where, you know, he tells a story of how he met his wife. Yeah. And, you know, he has the, yeah. and a lot of our listeners are not going to be from the Boston area. The, 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 the home run that he describes... Yeah. ...is such like this movie was released in 97. So we're now what, how many years into, you know, 80, you know, almost 80 years into the, you know, the Red Sox not winning the world series. Right. Right. At this point we are, you know, people of fucking generations have come and gone. Uh, and like, that was like the one sport in the, like the Patriots weren't good yet. The Celtics hadn't been good in 10 years. Uh, you know, the Bruins hadn't been good in a while. And, like that was the one sports moment where like people just a little bit older than us are just like, that was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> right. Watching, right. watching Fisk hit that home run. And, and, and when he, and when he gets up and they can reenact it, like it's such a yeah. Boston thing. I feel like we yeah. do that a lot. Like he gets up and he does, and he just clocks it. I love yeah. that. It is so he's good. Running, he's running, he's tearing he's waving it over. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's such that moment in Red Sox history is such a big deal to people who are now like 40 plus. Right. You know, I guess, I guess maybe a little older now, but like 45 plus it's like, people are like, that's yeah, that was, that was my fucking like, yeah, that was my guy. That was my moment until fucking, you know, a few years later on the page from the Super Bowl. It's like, that was the greatest sports moment in my life. And like the, like the way Robin Williams like undercuts it. He's like, no, it's at a bar with a girl. And was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> no, he brings it back like that. And I, I, this is taken away from the movie a little bit, but I just want to say for anybody out there who's a New York Yankees fan, you guys won one World Series in 2009. We've won four since the beginning of the millennium. I just, I just want to I I make that very fucking clear for all the Yankees fans. 27 rings. Who gives a shit? How about you win a World Series in this fucking millennium? Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. 
You, you, you need, you, I, I understand. I understand. It's four, it's, four to, it's four to one. Okay. It's four to one in this millennium. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But yeah, Robin Williams is great. <laughs> He's a great actor. Uh, See, would it be more believable? Would it be more believable if that the the kid who picked on Will in kindergarten was wearing a Yankees hat and he was like, "Let's get, let's fucking get him." Yeah, I would have liked that better than just like he once said some mean things to me when he was five. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> You're gonna have four people jump this guy? I love. Spe- I mean, there's a, there's a famous story in, in Gone Girl where you know it's it's based on a book. In the book, Affleck's character wears a Yankees hat to like disguise himself. And Affleck was like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, I guess he and um, David Fincher, of course. Yeah. So he and David Fincher, David Fincher is like very meticulous as far as like, what is going to be in my movie? Like down to the scene. So fucking filming stopped for two days. Because Affleck is like, I'm not wearing Yankees hat. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. And he, like, they eventually like compromised and he wore a Mets hat. Oh my god! <laughs> but he was like, I was like, I admire that. I admire that. And Ben Affleck, he's Did, he's all right with me. Didn't that happen in The Departed, where like Jack Nicholson didn't want to wear a Red Sox hat or something like that? I think it was a Celtics. Like, he's a big Lakers fan. Lakers fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's like the biggest Lakers fan. Right. Like, right. That's funny. And obviously, you know, that's the Celtics and Lakers are huge rivals in the eighties. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's a. I feel like, to me, baseball. Like you, I'd never wear a Yankees hat. And like that would, like, it would just hurt me to my. Like if I, if they were like, how much money, realistically, like how much money would it take for you to be like, you have to wear a Yankees hat. Let's say every day, for like every time you go out in public, for a year, you have to wear a Yankees hat. I mean, you can't this- tell anybody even offered money. But like realistically, uh, how much? And I'm not. It's not going to be like. Obviously, I do it for like. I'll give you a million dollars. Yeah, of course, if I do it. Right. Somebody offered you a thousand dollars for a full year, just a grand. For no, full years, two thousand. No, it's not. It's not enough. Five thousand dollars. Five thousand for a full year for for just wearing that hat for a full year. I'm 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 gonna say I go for ten. Ten 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 thousand. It takes ten thousand dollars. Give me ten grand, because like I'm also not a hat person. <laughs> Sure. But let's let's say whatever. Like it's, uh, if it, you know what if like if it was just any random hat, it was like if somebody was like, I'll give you you know, I'll give you a thousand dollars to wear a Nike hat. And this doesn't like Nike checkmark right, for right. a year. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Like give me a thousand bucks. You know, like, an, extra, an extra thousand. Yeah, I guess if I was a hat yeah. person, yeah, I whatever. I mean, I would if if somebody asked me like, what are you doing? I'd be like, I'm just a baseball fan. I got a lot of hats. Or or how about how about not even yeah, not even you have to wear it out in public. It's like you have to put on a Yankees hat and it is your picture on all social media oh god that's a whole different ball game that's yeah because not everyone's seen me in public all the time but everyone's seen that social media page yeah yeah it's it's your like you're wearing a yankees hat Uh, in in like facebook whatever like instagram whatever like that's your that is your we're talking we're talking we're talking some good cash here okay so 10 10 grand is the starting point yeah yeah okay nine thousand dollars I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think five. I think it'd, it'd take $5,000 for me to do it. It's just, it's just a conversation I can't explain myself in. Yeah, you can't explain it. Like, because imagine, like, you, you know, we, you'd have to go to, like, you know, our family's all on Facebook, right? We have to go and explain, be like, hey, 
you know, I'd go to my, like, I'd have so many uncles. I have, fuck, I have, I have you know, I have, I have a lot of aunts and uncles, you know, but I, I come from, I come from Catholic family. I have a lot of aunts and uncles. I'd have to go to Christmas and be like, Hey, what's up with the profile picture? Wearing a Yankees hat. And I couldn't right. explain it. Yeah. I'd just be like, I guess I'm a Yankees fan. Oh man. I love Aaron judge. I mean, Hey, I love Aaron judge. I actually <laughs> love, I actually love, I'm a Red Sox fan. I think he's awesome. I think he's a good guy too, but like maybe Derek Jeter is such was the best. I respect him. I would stop of his era. You could say something like since Steinbrenner's been gone, I like the team more. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You have to, you have to think of it. George, At the end of the year. Like, Somebody gave me fucking $10,000. I can't l- take it. Listen, George Costanza worked for the Yankees. Now I'm a Yankees fan. So <laughs> it's, Costanza. it's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> All right. Let's go to recasting. All right. So I've got uh, I've got Will, I've got Chucky, I've got Sean, I've got Skyler, and I've got Gerald. So I, instead of Gerald, I have Lambo. Gerald is Lambo. Okay, we have the same five. Yep. Okay. So who is your Gerald Lambo? Um, so I will say I went a little bit different with the ages here, and yep. my Lambo and my Sean are completely uh, they're two different ages completely, and I'll I'll explain that. I believe that Lambo in my film would be like the old teacher of Sean. Okay. And then Sean would be kind of the teacher for Will. Okay. Um, so my Lambo action with an actor that I really respect, his name is David Morse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, he played George Washington in the John Adams series, yeah, yeah. and he's in uh, the Langoliers. He's in the Green Mile. Um, he's, a really, he's a really good actor, and I just, uh, I just pictured him for this role. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can definitely see it. I just want to take a moment because we haven't really mentioned him. Still in Skarsgård. Fucking excellent in this movie, as yeah. he is in yeah. everything. Yep. Uh, so I went uh, with my limbo, uh, Paul Bettany. Oh, I love Paul Bettany. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of in the like Marvel mode right now. Yep. Uh, I think it would be interesting to have him do something like a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more serious. Definitely. I like him. Yep. So let's go with. Let's go Skyler. Who do, you, who do you have for Skyler? My Skyler actually went to, and this was the first actress I had thought of, and I was kind of surprised I went in this direction, but uh, Sophie Turner. She was actually my number two choice. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I usually try to find places for her, and this was the one that I thought was a good fit. So, yeah. So I went with an actress by the name of Thomason McKenzie. Okay. So she was in. Recently, she was in The Last Night in Soho. She was in uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, she was in The Hobbit as like a little kid. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Jojo Rabbit, I remember, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's an excellent actress. She is uh, British, and that's a kind of need that for, for Skyler's character. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think she'd be excellent. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go. So I, I struggled with like the young men in the in like recasting it it was yeah tough. it was tough it was very tough so let's go with let's go with chucky okay my chucky was i went with um he's 25 years old right now so it was right mm-hmm. in that age age group uh nicholas hamilton who you might know as henry bowers from the new it movie sure um i want to see him do something else i think he, i think he did a really good job really fine job in those movies i believed him he was very intense i want to see what else he can do and i feel like he could be a really fun chucky as well yeah, so I went with an actor named KJ Appa. Um, 
he's you know he's in the Riverdale show. He plays Archie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of like that. He's like he's got kind of like that same build as Affleck does uh, in this one. He's kind of like big in good shape. He's he like gives off kind of like the the bro yeah energy, uh, and I could see it. Nice. Uh, let's go to Will. Who do you who do you have? This was tough and maybe yes. kind of a left field here, and he might be okay. a, a little bit older than I think he's twenty nine right now, but I think yeah. he has a young face. Affleck or uh, Damon was like twenty seven, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I went with Will Poulter. Yeah, I think he's a really talented actor. I could see him play a role like this, and uh, I think it it works well. Plus, I just ran I, when I was doing my research. I was also researching Phase Four of the MCU because I'm yeah. about to start that soon, and I noticed that he was going to be the villain for Guardians Three. So I was like, Ah, Will Poulter, yes, not a villain, but uh, he's he's in it. Well, I heard he's like the one who like tries to destroy the Guardians. He's created to do that. He's so the character he's Warlock, playing is Adam Warlock. Tra- I mean, it, things should change, but traditionally, the character he plays is like ends up being a hero. Oh, okay, uh, he is actually in the. The character he plays in the actual, like, comic book Infinity War, uh, the Infinity Saga, is, like, central to beating Thanos. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but, so I went with uh, Ty Sheridan, who you might recognize. He was in some of the later X-Men movies as, like, young Cyclops. Okay. He was in... Um, Ray Player One, I think, is the main character in that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, tough, tough to because there's nobody. I feel like for actors that age, there's so few like dramatic roles for right. like to prove yourself. And it's like even this kid, it's like he's in a Spielberg movie, and it's like literally a giant video game, right? Um, you know, so it's 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 tough. But let's go to Sean. So my Sean, I went with an actor who just keeps surprising me, uh, yeah. and that is Bradley Cooper. Mm, interesting. It is an interesting one uh, because he's he's around the same age that Robin Williams was when he took this role, um, and I think uh, I think he can do a lot of things people don't really expect. And I pictured him sort of bearded, um, and sort of just kind of a a guy from Boston, you know. And I I pictured. Yeah. David Morse being his teacher and then sort of Bradley Cooper teaching Will Poulter, like I'm your teacher sure. kind of now. And I kind of like that dynamic, but I had, I had kind of a hard time casting Sean as well. Cause it's hard to replace somebody like Robin Williams, uh, that, yeah. w- that warmth that you need for the role. And I figured that uh, Bra- I told you this the other day, we just finished um, Endgame, And I said, if you had told me, if you had told me to tell you who does the voice of rocket uh, without me knowing I would, I'd be guessing until I was 50, who it was. Yeah. So just that alone, I was like, he's, he, you could tell how talented he is um, just in general. So I kind of, I, th- I kind of like want to see him as the role. So, yeah. So I, I will say, so I had trouble casting this one because there's like a bunch of different directions. Yeah. I, I could go in. Uh, so I would say if he was alive, it'd be Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, great. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but I think I narrowed it down. So my first thought was like, what if I tried to like resurrect somebody's career with this role? Okay. And I was like, what if it's Brendan Fraser? Hmm. And I was like, mm, not quite, not quite right. Okay. And I was like, what if there's somebody like playing against type kind of, uh, kind of from the other direction where he's like primarily in like dramatic movies and he's kind of like, you know, kind of the point where he's like, you know, uh, kind of like he's, he's uh, so it's like, what about, what about Leah Schreiber? 
Okay. Right. Like, yeah, that might work. Uh, but not, not I, I couldn't, I didn't land on it. Um, so I eventually settled on Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. He's got the warmth needed. Yes, I absolutely. Think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I like him. I've, I've seen him in a bunch of things besides the Marvel movies. And oh, he's yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who, like, I don't know why. I've never met him before in my life, obviously. You feel like, like he, you feel like he'd be a nice guy, like talking. To I him feel like stuff. I trust him implicitly. Like, yeah. he's, there's if he came to my dorms and was like, "Hey, I just need you to like do this thing for me," I'd be like, "Of course, Mark." <laughs> of course, Mark Ruffalo. I was like, he's like, I was like, can I just like have, can I have a ride to like the airport? And I'd be like, "Of course, let me get my like let me get your suitcase into my trunk." Do you remember that that Family Guy joke? It was like, it was like this movie starring Mark Ruffalo and Janine Garofalo called Garufa Ruffalo. <laughs> 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 all right so let's uh let's go to miscellaneous do you have anything miscellaneous um not a whole lot um i do know that robin williams ad-libbed a lot of stuff which is excellent that they let the gus van zandt let him kind of roam free and and do certain things like that um so and i know that um i remember reading somewhere that the company originally wanted like leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt to play the main characters Oof, no. Um, of Will uh, and Chucky. Um, I mean, Brad Pitt would be too old. I feel like. Well, Leo no, this is back is in just, back in '97. Oh, this is pre this pre Titanic. But even I think even then, Brad Pitt would be a little too old. But maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, Leo uh, pre Titanic, maybe. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for me as far as miscellaneous goes. All right, so I've got I've got two one observation and one uh, question. Hmm. Um, so my observation is, I, I mentioned it earlier, there is a, a name that comes across in the credits, a guy who I've, from what I've read, is one of the main reasons this movie was able to be made. And that's Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah, I did read something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like instrumental because he was close friends with Ben Affleck at the time, like getting it into the right hands. Unfortunately, the fucking, you know, the dipshit's hands. But Every time I see his name on a movie, it's just like, I love. That's another guy where it's just like he can make, you know, he's made a lot of good movies and he's made a lot of bad movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm always gonna love everything he does just because I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had a question for you. Here's the, here's the question: of the working actors today, right, or, or actresses, is pound for pound? Is the Skarsgård family the best acting family? No, I think they're up there. I think. I, I think. I, I would argue that the uh, and this might sound a little crazy, but I think the Culkins, in my opinion, are probably above them. Interesting. Uh, I don't see. I. I, I think I think Macaulay, while the biggest star, is he, not. He's like he's a good actor. I'm not even mentioning. I'm not even thinking about Macaulay. I'm thinking about Karen and Rory and the things they're doing now are tremendous. Sure. But you get with with the Skarsgårds, you get uh, Stellan, you get Bill, and you get Alexander, and they're all excellent. Here's here's what here's what I think. Here's their biggest competition. I think the Jill and Halls. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, those those two are uh, excellent. Um, and there's only one way to fix and only one way to decide this. There's got to be more families. There's got to be more families. I'm sure there. I mean, there's like the Baldwins, but like they're not even close. Like, I mean, that's just that's just Alec. <laughs> yeah, there's Alec and then just like a bunch of weak ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's. 
what, who, I mean, there's like Jonah Hill and uh, and his his sister, whose name I'm I'm forgetting, Beanie Feldstein. Oh, and then there's um uh, the Estevez family, Charlie Sheen, Martin yep. Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's a uh, lot of acting families out there, but I mean, there's no weak point in the Scars Guards, and there's three of them. I mean, I haven't seen anything that Alexander Skarsgård's been in. I don't think, and I'm not. I don't really know anything I've seen him in. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, I really only know him from It. Um, and Stellan Skarsgård's pretty good. So for me, they're they're pretty good. So you get to see more Alexander Skarsgård. Apparently, he's so he's he's got an interesting career because he was like he was on True Blood, and he the character he plays is like the like dark, good looking like vampire. And then, like, as soon as that show's over, he's like, I'm going to play, like, absolute scumbags and, like, totally against type and, like, play, like, schmucks and, like, and assholes and rapists. And, right. like, he's just like, I'm going to, and he's, he's in, he's in, like, an, another movie coming out where he plays, like, a Viking. And uh, it's, it looks really interesting. Right. Um, so let's go to Oscars. So we've got, uh, wins best supporting actor and best screenplay it is nominated for best picture best director best lead actor best supporting actress best score and best editing damn so it doesn't win much it wins two big ones but um this is the year of titanic uh where titanic just uh sets the record that uh, Return of the King would uh, would go into break, mm-hmm. um, which you know, uh, Titanic is Titanic. So it was a big cultural phenomenon, and that's what we'll say about Titanic. <laughs> but let's uh, let's go over the major categories here. The Best Picture winner, of course, is Titanic. Other nominees: Goodwill Hunting, As Good as It Gets, The Full Monty. And L.A. Confidential. Interesting year, isn't it? It is an interesting. I don't think it's. I don't think it's very strong, but it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's. Which one won again? So Titanic won. Titanic won. Okay, that's obvious. I think it's a year where if you had it back, maybe Boogie Nights would be nominated. Yep. Yep. Um, Trying to look, what else was this year? Donnie Brasco is this year. Ooh. Um, let's see Jackie Brown but that wouldn't have been nominated yeah um, let's see some 1997 movies let's see yeah like Titanic just dominates the year I mean which, the, you know the, mileage the, may vary yeah the clock men, men the, in black the devil's advocate yeah the, cl- the clock breaks in the Royal Rumble so I mean Indeed, it does. Cru- I mean, crush the game, crush a great movie. Farouk. <laughs> uh, Event Horizon. That's an interesting movie. Never yeah, nominated. I, I've uh, never seen it, but the game uh, Event Horizon. I've never seen that one. I've, I was meant to, but the game was a weird movie. Yeah, definitely very finchery. Very yeah. finchery. Right. Um, Starship Troopers is your very underrated movie. I feel like underappreciated. I should say because mm-hmm. uh, that works on a lot of levels. Uh, Princess Mononoke, but again, that's animated, so they've never nominated. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not a huge Oscar, you know, it's, 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 it's not, I mean, this is this year, which is like, we're going to crown Titanic. James Cameron's going to get all the fucking awards. Yep. Uh, but I would, um, I would say that given the choice between the two, I'd put Goodwill Hunting over Titanic. Um, on a grand scheme, I can, I mean, I see why Titanic won. I get it. Yeah. There's, there's all sorts of like sociological reasons why Titanic was what Titanic was. Right. Um, the big heavy duty death at the end, the whole, yes. the big, big, uh, Got the ship. Leo at the exact right time. Yep, James yep. Cameron at, you know, off of like a little break. People wanted the Cameron movie. Yep. And they I wonder, song. I wonder uh, if, if Robin Williams wasn't part of the movie, would it, would it have been as good? Right. You know, um, right. I'm not putting the movie down. I'm I'm just hypothetically asking that question. Sure. sure. So I'm not sure, but I I guess I, I'm going to stick with my guns here and just say Titanic gets the win. Okay. okay. So best director, uh, James Cameron wins for Titanic. Uh, Peter Cataneo for Cataneo, maybe for the Full Monty. Gus Van Zant, Goodwill Hunting. Curtis Hansen, L.A. Confidential, and Adam Egoyan, Egoyan probably for the Sweet Hereafter. Um, I can get behind Cameron winning for this because I think sometimes best directing comes down to most directing mm-hmm. and Cameron's dealing with like the, you know, effects that really are, are unheard of at the time and, um, you know, a huge, huge cast. So I, I get Cameron winning that one. Right. Same. Yep. So best leading actor is won by a guy we've mentioned before this in this episode, Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Uh, Matt Damon is nominated for Google Hunting, Robert Duvall in The Apostle, Peter Fonda for Yuli's Gold, and Dustin Hoffman for Wag the Dog. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um I'm okay with it. Jack Nielsen. It's, 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 you know, I don't, this is not like a reward, you know, like a career reward for Nicholson. Right. He, he yeah. It. Um, and, and Damon, I think they were, Damon is very good in this, but yeah. Yeah. Nicholson is, is, you know, this, this is kind of one of those where it's like, I guess we just, you know, we give it to Jack. It's Jack. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone really qualifies for best leading actress, best supporting actor. Uh, let's go through it. Uh, Robin Williams wins uh, very deservingly, I would say. Other nominees are Robert Forster and Jackie Brown, Anthony Hopkins in Amistad, Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets, and Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. I've actually seen I've actually seen all those. Um, only one that I could think of would be like Hopkins in, in Amistad, but I think I think they went with the right person here. Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with that. I think Williams is well deserving of a win. Um, Best Supporting Actress. Is won by Kim Basinger in LA Confidential. Other nominees are Joan Cusack in In and Out, Minnie Driver in Goodwill Hunting, Julianne Moore in Boogie Nights, and Gloria Stewart in Titanic, who plays the older version of Rose. <laughs> Which I don't know. Again, that's one of those ones where it's just like, I guess Titanic, we nominate that. But, right. Um, yeah, I would. I. Don't think Mini Driver's the best in this. 
I think she has one very good scene or a couple very good scenes, but yeah, like the, yeah. I think the, and it's not her fault because I think the, the character of Skylar is kind of written to be to the point where it's like, I personally find her very annoying. Um, yeah, she doesn't bother me at all, but she's just not like standout. So, I mean, it's fine that she's nominated, but I'm going to keep it the way it is. Sure. You're yeah. not winning. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So those are the uh, the major categories. Is there anything else I want to go through? Best song was interesting because it is nominated. This is nominated for best original song, Miss Misery by uh, Bailey Smith. Yep. Um, it's won by My Heart Will Go On. Uh, other nominees are Go the Distance from Hercules, Journey to the Past from Anastasia, and How Do I Live from Con Air, which you forget was a song from Con Air. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't beat you can't beat uh, My Heart Will Go On here. Oh, I can beat it with a fucking stick. Fuck that song. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. I, I, no, I'm, I get like personal preference, but that song just owned a fucking generation of people. Yeah, I know, but so I mean, if, for for it not to to win this, it just it just makes sense that it wins. That's all. I mean, I would I would much prefer Elliot an Elliot Smith song, but I mean, it works well in Titanic. It's it's so unbelievably memorable. So yeah. for it to get the win doesn't bother me. Um. All right. Sure. Sure. My heart will go on. My heart will not go on personally. But, all right. Uh, fucking Slendian. All right. So here it comes. Your moments, Derek. What are you eating with Goodwill Hunting? Uh, what are we eating with Goodwill Hunting? There's not a lot of food being eaten here. There, there, there's a, a club sandwich with some fries. There's a double burger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in Boston. What do we eat in Boston? I mean, do we got good I mean, shiny? Here's what, here's what I'm getting. I'm going down to Fenway, which is not in Southie, but I'm getting a sausage, pepper, and onion. There you go. I'm I'm all in for that. I'll get two actually. I'll get two. Okay. Two sausage, peppers, and onions. Two. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Usually when I like something, I'm like, that was really good. Usually another one is like what you need to just do the trick. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm here, sitting there, if I'm sitting there in this like here's, here's a question. Here's 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 another question. Uh, what why are they going to little league games? <laughs> What's like what is I, I like I immediately if I think if I see like a group of men at a little league game who are not related to any of the players, I'm immediately thinking like, this is, these are pedophiles. Well, I'll be honest. Me and Gia did that once. Cause we used to live down the street from one of the schools and we used to go watch like a, ba- a couple of times. Cause it was like a five minute walk. Well, yeah, let's go do, let's, let's go out yeah. and during the summer and just, we just sat in the bench. Thing, we, yeah. We didn't watch a full game. You and Gia. Right. Right. Yeah. If it were like you and Steve, I'd be like, good. What the fuck? Like, what, <laughs> like, what are these people doing here? Yeah. yeah. Who, who, who's your kid? And then I got no kids here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go, we'll get a step and then you fucking creep uh yeah it is kind of weird i don't know yeah all right so now we uh we come to the most important part of the show and that is when you derek explain why goodwill hunting is the greatest movie of all time are you ready yes three two one go rick it's derek. not your it's not your fault <laughs> I know. No, Rick, it's it's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, 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 Rick, it's not your fault. Fuck you, Derek. 
not it's you. not your fault, Rick. This is this is a great movie. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that uh, that is time. <laughs> uh, so that is time. That has been our episode on Goodwill Hunting, the first in our Robin Williams double feature next week, of course. Good friend of the show, future guest, Steven Spielberg presents Hook, the greatest gay romance of our time. Oh my God, we're going to battle on that one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I don't even disagree with you, but it's still, you know, it's a kid's movie, man. So? Just saying. Can't, can't gay, gay people can't be in kids' movies? That's what Steve, is, isn't that what Spielberg said? Uh, and somebody asked him that? They, no, I think, I think Dustin Hoffman asked Spielberg, he's like, me and Smee are, are, are lovers. He's like, it's <laughs> a kid's movie, Dustin. I remember reading that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after that, we uh, we go deep into the snow. We get uh, we had quite a bit of snow this past week. It'll probably still be on the ground when in a couple of weeks we cover the thing. Mm. Then we go into a, a '90s black and white movie double feature back to back with American History X, yes. followed by Clerks. Two very different movies, but the fact they're in black and white <laughs> um, in the '90s. So can't wait for that huge. We should have just did a we should have did a black and white month. We could have thrown Raging Bull in there. We could have. <laughs> we didn't think this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time. The next yeah. uh, the next two after that are uh, are uh, are Rex picks. So if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna change it out, all right, maybe we'll we'll you see. Can, you can think about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, can't uh, can't wait to uh, to dive into those for you. Uh, you know. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We see more people are finding the podcast and we're very happy about that. Let us know what you think on social media, please. Uh, Derek, what, uh, what do you have coming up on the greatest album of all time podcast? Yep. Uh, because this is a two week podcast, um, still same thing. Guns and Roses coming up, uh, Appetite for Destruction. Uh, this will be released. Uh, you'll be listening to this on a Thursday. So um, this following Saturday night, Sunday morning ish will be released just um, depending on when I drop it, usually midnight. But if I feel like dropping an hour early, then whatever. But, uh, and after that, we're doing Ram by Paul McCartney. And then I will announce the next few after that. Um, We're trying to get a variety in there. Maybe we'll throw an Adele album in there because I'm trying to find albums that are past 2010 that are considered classic. Um, So it's interesting. Send us messages and thanks for listening. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff there. Check that out. you haven't been listening. Um, so uh, again, want to thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, you know, I have been your beloved favorite co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your favorite co-host, the big, it's not your fault, Boski. And uh, you know, I'd stay, but uh, I got to see about a girl. <laughs>